0: Pawt Talk Radio
1: Good morning pet people and welcome to the Pet Place Radio show on KJazz 88.1 FM I'm your host Marie Hewlett and I hope everyone is warm and toasty now that we're in December We've started off with a little rain, and hopefully we'll get a lot more, so be sure to keep your pets indoors where they can be comfortable and dry, too. This morning, I've invited veteran dog rescuer Silva Kalugian to the program. She's an actress who you've probably seen in many of your favorite TV shows over the years, and she is currently on stage in Los Angeles in the Pulitzer Prize-winning play called Night, Mother. But in between acting on stage and screen and rescuing homeless pets, she's managed to write a very cool book called God Spelled Backwards, and we're going to hear all about that shortly. Then after our halftime break, Maria Dales is coming in. She's got some great news from German Shepherd Rescue, so keep your radio set on KJAZ 88.1 FM and we'll get started after a quick message from the station we're back on the pet place radio show and i'm very happy to introduce our first guest it's silva collegian welcome to the pet place silva hi nice to be here (laughs) i am very happy to have you I, i was trying to figure out how to make your introduction a little more wow because you have kind of a wow life you're a you're a star of the stage and the screen, and now you've written a book called God Spelled Backwards. I love that.
2: <laughs> I have, yes. I thought of the title way before I thought of writing the book, and I had the title put away for like the last 10 or 11 years, saying I've got to do something with that title, and then eventually I wrote the book because I spent the last 10 or 11 years rescuing animals, rescuing dogs primarily. So, well,
1: How did you get into all of
2: that? Uh, firstly, the 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 title is actually God spelled backwards. The journey of an actress into the world of dog rescue. It's, ah. that's the full title. That's kind of the subtitle.
0: Okay.
2: Um, and I got into it because I rescued my very first dog, who I fell madly in love with, and then I started to see other dogs in need, and I thought, well, if m- my dog was in need, oh my God, I you know how how could I not help? And every dog started to look like my dog, <laughs> so that's how it started because I thought. If Sammy, God forbid, were out there starving or neglected, you know, I, I couldn't live with myself. And so I started to, every dog became her, basically. Okay. And that's how I got into it. I rescued a dog off the street in New York, and that was the first dog. And then uh, uh, went, moved to L.A., where it's kind of like a third-world country when it comes to animals living oh, here.
0: Oh,
2: no. <laughs> yeah. We have, I think, 28,000 stray dogs living on the street of, of Los Angeles at any given time.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah. no, the number so, is so high. It's very high.
1: Aww. So how many pets do you currently have?
2: We have three. We have uh, Maisie, who's a 14-year-old Shiba Inu mix, and we have Nate, who's a 6-year-old Cocker Spaniel Dachshund, and we have Shadow, who is a Lab Coyote Shepherd mix.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and the only reason we have three is because legally you're only allowed to have three. Right, Otherwise, right. I would probably, I, you know, and occasionally I'll foster one.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh um, So but, you have three but,
1: that you admit to. Well, we, have, <laughs> we
2: have three that we admit to. Three, We actually do have three, and then occasionally okay. we'll bring in a foster, a small a small foster, because my dogs are very settled, and they really don't like anybody else coming in here either.
1: Uh, okay. Well, then yeah. do you partner with a, a rescue organization? or are you I doing do. This I on started,
2: started the Forgotten Dog Foundation with my rescue partner, Lindsay Glass, and then as soon as I realized it would... Suck me in deeper rather than ease my (laughs) rescue burden i pulled out and so i remain on the board and i help out um on the peripheral whenever i can okay but it's called the forgotten dog foundation and it's a great foundation that does amazing work
1: ah very very nice and you're talking about dogs in the los angeles area and the rescue organization do they do foster care with volunteers how does that all work
2: we do, and the more fosters, the merrier. We always need fosters. All rescue groups need fosters.
1: Because
2: the more fosters you have, the more dogs you can save. Um, we have a dog. I just got an email this morning basically uh, about a little Chihuahua dachshund that was found in terrible condition, not fixed or chipped, and just a mess, dumped basically. Mm. And so I just sent out a plea this morning. Please can somebody step on and foster her so that we can, we can take her in and save her? Otherwise, the people are going to bring her to the shelter.
1: Now, is that how you get most of your fosters, just through email notifications where people have found lost dogs, or are there people who are actually actively going to high-kill shelters and pulling dogs out?
2: We rescue from everywhere. We rescue from the streets. We rescue from the high-kill shelters. We rescue from people giving up their dogs. Um, So many different ways of, of rescuing a dog because there's so much need out there. People are dumping their dogs at shelters and, and a horrific level every single day, and the more dogs that are dumped in the shelters, then other dogs are killed. As soon as a dog comes in, another dog is killed because yeah. they don't have the space.
1: Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. I just, yes. sometimes it feels like it's just so futile. You you do your best. You're going. You're working. You're volunteering, and the numbers never seem to get any better, and it's just so frustrating.
2: That's what's so sad about the whole thing, and that's one of the reasons that I've I've put my attention now on trying to spread the word more, and try to change laws as best as I can, if I can, because you can rescue a dog every day for the rest of your life, and it's not going to make a dent. So I'm hoping with this book, and I've also wrote a one-hour drama with Allison Eastwood and Steve Spiro about the rescue world, kind of like Law and Order, but about the rescue world. In other words, it's not a reality show. It's a one-hour drama. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to get that on the air. We're starting to pitch that right now because I, I want to put my attention in in getting the word out and trying to change things rather than just spend my energy, just keep rescuing, rescuing, rescuing. And, you know, it helps that one dog and that two or that hundred or whatever it is, but it doesn't change anything. No. So unless the spay neuter laws are really implemented, mm-hmm. nothing's going to change.
1: Can agree more. And But yeah. you do have some great stories from your rescuing over the years. What's What's your favorite?
2: Favorite um, or the hardest?
1: <laughs> well, you pick. It's kind that's
2: <laughs> a tough because it's a you know it's kind of a catch twenty two. The favorite, the favorite would be um, a dog that I rescued from New York out of a, out of living in a cage because he ended up ultimately being our dog years later after I had placed him in a home that didn't work out and then he we had to fly him here to L A. But my most difficult was a dog that I and he's there's a, a, a chapter he has this whole chapter in the book. His name is Frankie, and he was um he was a dog I rescued out of the shelter because I happened to be in there pulling some other dogs and I saw this adorable dog and he was on a chain brought in by these people who had said that he was a biting dog, and he just I couldn't believe it because he looked so darned adorable and I walked up to him and he wrapped his arms around me and and uh didn't bite me fortunately for him unfortunately for me because I ended up uh taking him on, and he was not just a biting dog, he would attack people that came into his territory, but by that time, the foster and I had fallen madly in love with him, and uh, ended up spending $10,000 to get him to his forever home. Oh. which is in Montana. <laughs> He's living a very happy life in Montana now. I bet.
1: Wow, what a But that was a state. toughie. That was a real
2: toughie. <laughs> that was toughy. toughie. Yeah. Uh,
1: I heard you also have a story about 45 dogs that you rescued from a landfill.
2: I do. I actually, uh, 45 inside and 20 outside, 65 altogether from wow. this one landfill and the surrounding neighborhood. Um, people would dump unfixed an- dogs into this landfill. It was a landfill with for uh, construction materials. It wasn't a feeding landfill. And so there was a woman there that fed the dogs for years, at least ten years, eight, ten years. And um, I got a call saying that there were two dogs out there, and I went out there and, and discovered there were 45 dogs living in the landfill. Oh, man. And that took about three years altogether to get everybody out of there, except for two that I never got, and I don't know what happened to them. Um but I got everybody else out. And wow. some of them were feral, had never been touched by human hands. And Shadow, my dog, is one of those dogs.
1: So you worked with the now, feral
2: dogs. He was a feral dog, never been touched by human hands. And we have a video of how we captured him as well that's on my website. If anybody wants to see, it's www.silvacalagian.com. Excellent. And it's a it's exciting because uh, cause that's how we got him. And now he's four years, and he's a totally normal dog.
1: That is very cool. And, the whole rescue story sounds like it might have been even a little dangerous, perhaps, getting into a pack of feral dogs. What are some of the most dangerous situations you've ever been involved in?
2: I think the most dangerous was not about the dogs. It was it was uh, going into South Central, where I spent about a month getting 21 dogs off the streets around there. And okay. I pretty much went by myself every single day and most people were very helpful around there but there were a few a, a few guys that that wanted me out of their hood <laughs> Uh-oh. And uh, so that was, that was a little a little scary for a while, but, but it all worked out, and, and I saved 21 dogs from the streets around that area.
1: Wow, that is absolutely amazing. Yeah, the dogs don't scare me. People scare me more yeah, than dogs. Yeah, I know what you <laughs> mean. <laughs> yeah. I've really never had a problem with a dog myself, but, but with people, yeah. that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's right.
2: Even the feral dogs I can handle, you know, but people, yeah, people, yeah.
1: Let me ask so, uh, you this you You give some good advice about what you should do if you find a stray dog, um but occasionally people have dogs that they can no longer keep. Do you have any tips for them about what they should do and what they should never do? Well, the first thing they should really
2: try to do is to keep the dog any way they can. A lot of people give up dogs for reasons that they wouldn't have to some some people give up their dogs because they're not housebroken or because someone has an allergy or because um, they're not trained as well as they want. There's always a way to fix those problems. Even the allergy thing, there's a, a wipe that you can get to wipe down a dog that takes the allergens away that is helpful. There's trainers that can help you train the dog at whatever problem they're having. So I always say, if you can, if there's any way to keep your dog, please do, if, you, if the dog has a good home. Because... Really, there's just the odds of, uh, there's just so many that don't. So, but if you can't, what I suggest people do is make flyers and post them everywhere with a picture of the dog saying the dog needs a good forever home. Once people start calling, the people need to be interviewed because a lot of people will take dogs and do bad things with them. Mm -hmm. Sell them for pit bull bait, sell them to research, chain them up in their backyard, all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, First of all, charge a fee, because most people that are going to pay $200 for a rescue dog are not going to abuse the dog. Right. The, the odds are are pretty good. And then also do a home check and make sure that the home is safe and the dog will be living inside and not living in a backyard as so many people have their dogs living isolated, lonely lives in backyards. And it's it's really one of the cruelest things you can do because dogs are pack animals and they okay. need to be with their people.
1: Absolutely. You have a lot of this covered in your book. Pretty
2: much everything is co- is covered in the book.
1: Yes. Okay. And if somebody wanted to get your book, where can they find it?
2: Again, my website, W W sorry, someone's beeping in. W dot silva s y L V A K E L E G I A N dot com.
1: Excellent. Thanks so much for stopping by the show today.
2: Thanks, Marie. Have a lovely day. You
1: too. And it is time to take a very quick break now, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Maria Dales from German Shepherd Rescue of Orange County here on the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place radio show on KJAZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining us now from German Shepherd Rescue of Orange County is our longtime friend, Maria Dales. Good morning, Maria.
3: Good morning, Marie. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well, and, and even better now that I'm talking to you because I have just heard that you received a fantastic honor recently, and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit. Oh, about
3: my. It. Well, we're always so proud of every everything that the volunteers do and, of course, our dogs. But we had a, a, a very special acknowledgement. Um, I'm not sure if your listeners are familiar with the spectacular that was a pet adopt, adoption show, a groundbreaking show, actually, on Thanksgiving Day. It was um, produced by Fox, and it was a huge, tremendous hit, uh, showcasing the plight of shelter dogs and dogs in in uh, rescues and, you know, homeless dogs across the nation. Well, of all the dogs selected, one of our very own was chosen to actually close the show. Wow. Her name is Octavia, and she was featured with none other than Queen Latifah.
1: Oh, cool. It was
3: very cool. <laughs> we were very excited. They had many, many celebrities. Um, gosh, Jane Lynch hosted the show along with Hilary Swank. It was very, very upscale taping in Santa Monica, and we were so proud of Octavia because in spite of all the commotion and all the cameras and all the other little dogs, she was regal. So she she really represented her breed well, and we're getting lots and lots and lots of great uh, kudos from across the country about our shepherds and about the breed. So it was a big honor. Big that honor. is
1: very, very cool. Yeah. And has Octavia already been adopted? She has not. She is interviewing
3: Holmes. She has had a great deal of uh, interest, as you might imagine. We only adopt here locally in Southern California, so we will be referring people from out-of-state to our sister organizations, you know, in, in other areas. But she's still looking, but she's she's interviewing a few families right now.
1: Wow, it's hard to believe that such a gorgeous, gorgeous dog would not have a home yet. Isn't it? It's but, shocking, isn't it? But, but you have lots of gorgeous dogs. That's exactly available.
3: right. And she just happened to draw the lucky straw and be selected for the show when – I know you come from a media background, Marie. You know that any time a dog is featured in the paper or on TV, that dog gets a ton of attention, but it's really just a representation of all the other great dogs that are standing in line right behind it. Absolutely. Uh, so we have we have over 80 shepherds looking for homes right now from six months to nine years. and wow. They're all deserving and they all have unique characteristics and they've all fallen on hard times by no fault of their own.
1: I know you were having a little trouble with your website in the past, and some of the dogs were not getting showcased as as much as you wanted them to. Has that all been resolved now? It has. Thank goodness.
3: We yeah, we had some strange activity on our website. Apparently, hackers (laughs) don't discriminate against who they attack, but. uh, We have uh, upgraded and updated our website, and people can always find us at www.gfroc.org and view the beautiful dogs. Uh, As I said, there's about 80, and they each have their own story uh, featured there on the website.
1: And some great photographs,
3: too. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Do you take all those photos, or do you have volunteers? I
3: wish I could. Say that I took those beautiful photos. We have an amazing team uh, that handles that. In fact, all of our volunteers are very amazing. They each have their unique niche that they handle. Uh, I, I feel blessed to work with them all. They're just so dedicated, and they're just so talented at, at what they do.
1: German Shepherd Rescue of Orange County has really come a long long way yes. since it first started. Yes. How did it all start out? Was it just you? It was just me and <laughs> I think I've joked with you before.
3: I've known you for so long. Uh it was supposed to be therapeutic for me. <laughs> I had a very big corporate job and I just wanted something quiet to do to, you know, soothe me on the weekends and brush dogs and walk dogs <laughs> and it quickly grew into uh, passion, and then into an enterprise, I guess, and now there's no rest for the weary, you know? It's it's just, <laughs> it's an ongoing and it's very, very rewarding, but uh, we have come a long way. We have come a long, long way. Started out just myself standing in front of a PetSmart with one dog at a time and gradually grew and grew and grew and added wonderful volunteers, many of whom have adopted from us, of course. They mm-hmm. come, come into the family and help out. And now we just we're all over in Orange County and LA County and all of Southern California, showing our dogs and uh, you know ha- enjoying really nice events as well. So
1: that's amazing. So how many years have you been doing this now? Oh, too <laughs> many. You know, you <laughs> you can probably guess. I think uh, I I have you hit desperate. twenty years yet
3: in the animal community? Absolutely, in animal welfare for sure. Mm-hmm. Over thirty. But German Shepherd Rescue is about 20 years old, I would say. I, I never really marked a date. As I said, it wasn't intended to become a, a mission, but uh, it's about 20 years old.
1: So so you could do a sort of anniversary celebration. Yeah, we have an anniversary when we incorporated
3: in 2005, so we okay. kind of used that. But oh, it, was, okay.
1: it was a grassroots,
3: uh, you know, just strung together by the, the love of volunteers before that.
1: So is that where you really credit all of the success Absolutely. with your huge volunteer base?
3: You know, it's when people ask me all the time, what's the greatest asset of German Shepherd Rescue Orange County? And I say, well, it's, hands down, it's the dogs, first of all. Everybody mm-hmm. would agree with that. But right up there, it's the volunteers, because without the volunteers, we would be nothing. They just give and give and give, and they're just – it's incredible. It's incredible. There's No one is paid in this organization. Um, you know, we all – just lock arms and try to get the job done as best we can. And uh, it's it's led to successful placements of about 400 dogs a year, which I don't know. You know more about this than I do, Marie, but isn't that the size of some small
1: humane society? Absolutely. That's just mind-boggling that you guys are able to do that and your volunteers stick with you i mean well thank you they just hang in and (laughs) then and you people are joining all the time i just can't believe we're fortunate loyalty
3: well thank you that's very kind of
1: you but you know we try to it's like
3: any job quote unquote even though this is not a paying job you know they try to find new niches and new ways to help and other ways that they can contribute you know maybe you don't want to continue to walk dogs anymore, maybe you're weary of that and you want to start handling the records behind the scenes or, you know, being a shelter scout that finds out which dogs are in the gravest danger and or being a veterinary transport person. There's just, there's a lot of opportunity depending on where, where your heart lies.
1: So if somebody wanted to volunteer how would they go about doing that? The easiest and quickest way. They're welcome to come to any one of
3: our adoption events, which are posted on our website. They're welcome to come there. But the absolute fastest way is to log on to the website. Again, it's www.gsroc.org and complete the volunteer application. And someone will get back to them promptly and we'll get them on board and find out where they like to help. You know, there's you, you can help in so many ways. You can hold a garage sale. You can do baking for our bake sales. You know, you can wash dogs. There's depends on where you want to put your talent and how much time you have, of course. That
1: sounds great. Yeah. Now, yeah. with the holidays coming, sometimes that's a little bit difficult for rescue groups. Can you talk about some of the challenges German Shepherd Rescue is facing during the holiday season? I
3: absolutely can. Well... I'll I'll give you an example. I just answered an email yesterday from a youngish girl who said the only thing that her 75-year-old grandmother with Parkinson's wants for Christmas is a German Shepherd puppy. (laughs) That's the only thing. And she wanted to make her grandmother happy, being a a good granddaughter, and she wanted to get a German Shepherd puppy for her aged grandmother. And Mm -hmm. it's very hard to explain to people that, as much as that might be what they want, it's not necessarily realistic. So. I
1: wouldn't get a German Shepherd
3: puppy. <laughs> either, and I love them. And I them. love them, yes. <laughs> I know. And so there's a lot of people, you know, just well-intended but misunderstanding that dogs are not gifts. No animal is a gift. So we get that challenge quite a bit at the holiday season. Um, we encourage people to instead maybe buy a cap or give a gift certificate that, you know invites that uh recipient to come to one of our events and and meet the dogs or something like that because
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know fundamentally we don't believe that dogs are gifts and practically speaking it's not a good idea for someone to choose a dog for someone else of right, course that right. that's a personal mm-hmm. choice so that's one major challenge we see a lot of people asking about gift giving of animals and that's a big no no has been for many years Um, We're also seeing, you know, holidays are stressful for families, and uh, unfortunately a lot of dogs are surrendered around the holidays, and I I still don't know what causes that dynamic, but I've seen it year after year after year that, gosh, you know, something is upset in the household and the dog gets stressed out or escapes or, you know, a lot of strangers are coming and going and a dog nips and You know, we get a lot of surrenders at the holidays, unfortunately.
1: Wow, I didn't realize that surrenders went up during the holiday season. I know a lot of dogs get loose because of the opening and closing of doors as guests are coming and going and not paying attention, but I had no idea that that anything corresponded to surrenders. If
3: you've got a German Shepherd and it's not accustomed to a house full of small children or, you know, visitors or teenagers or whatever it is, and the dog reacts differently... You know, it's really, it's the onus is on the owner to yeah. make sure the environment is safe and secure and loving for everybody involved, human and canine alike. So
1: Absolutely.
3: it's sad to see when a dog loses its home at the holidays.
1: Do you also find that you lose a few volunteers during the holidays? We
3: do. And, you know, family comes first. I understand that family always comes first. But the reality of um, Rescue World is that there's always another dog. There's always another need. There's always another urgent situation. So it's kind of like, I liken it to triage. You know, you have to put your <laughs> your energy into the most pressing sure. and where mm-hmm. you can help the most uh, when you have limited resources and volunteers. So we do lose some at the holidays, but hopefully they'll be re-energized when they come back after the first.
1: Definitely. So. And let's give out your website one more time before we say goodbye. Excellent. It's www
3: dot g s r o c dot org, and that stands for German Shepherd Rescue Orange County. Excellent. Um, we're not the only rescue group in uh, that saves shepherds, but I like to think we're the best. <laughs> but there are so many shepherds in need right now. I think that's what the the parting uh, thought is. We really need more people to support rescue and not purchase dogs from pet stores, um, get your dog from a shelter or from a rescue, because as they said on the television show, you're really saving two lives. You're saving the dog that you're adopting, and you're saving the new dog that
1: can take that place. Well said. And it is time now to take our last break of the morning, but when we return, be ready for Pet Place news and events here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. If you don't already have this in your plans, I want you to grab a pen and paper really fast, because this is an event you won't want to miss. Tomorrow, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Irvine Animal Care Center, get set for the largest local adoption event and pet fair in Southern California. It's the Home for the Holidays event. We've talked about this on the show recently, and it's finally here. Shelters and rescues from all over will be bringing adoptable pets to the city shelter in Irvine in the hopes of finding hundreds of animals new, forever homes for the holidays and for the rest of their lives, too. In addition to pet adoption, enjoy an array of pet-related vendors who have all kinds of goodies and gifts for pets and people. Low-cost microchipping, opportunity drawings, good food, a silent auction, and so much more if you need additional information or directions to the shelter visit www.irvineshelter.org and don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org where we feature adoptable pets provide resources to pet parents and host a calendar filled with lots of fun animal related activities. You can also visit us on Facebook. Just look for Pet Place Radio. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on Kjazz 88.1 FM. I'm Murray Hewlett. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day.